Have you ever turned on a podcast in a public place and started listening, only for the three dumb hosts to suddenly start talking about Wolverine's cock? Well, it might happen if you listen here, so here's your friendly content warning that, um, we're gonna probably talk about Wolverine's cock, and we'll definitely swear a bunch. Hi everybody, I'm Tyler. And I'm Zach. We're Aeronauts and we're back with more word balloons. We've been flying high on our own hot air, but have stopped our journey to Wonderworld to answer your nerdy questions. So with that in mind, Zach, what's our question this week? Who were the Eternals, and did Kamel Nanaji really need to get as ripped as he did for that movie? I have the answer to the second part. Yes. No, he did not. Oh, okay, I've actually not seen the movie. So they even told him he did not, and he, and he was, was like, like, yeah, but you guys are going to pay me for it and pay for my trainer, and I get to be in a superhero movie, so I'm, gonna. Uh, I'm going to. <laughs> Our resident stowaway actually gave us this question years ago, and it's just been sitting there getting, like, further and further from relevance, <laughs> because uh, he asked this before the movie came out when Ninaji first started putting up, like, Instagram thirst trap posts. Editor and Stowaway Steven That here. one. Uh, yeah, by the way, I, I just got back from uh, taking out all the mics from Nanjiani's uh, dressing room. Is that what they call it these days? Well, we did have surveillance set up. <laughs> I had to How did we it. turn that around to make me the bad guy there? <laughs> now that we're handling this question, I can take it all out. So, back from that. But damn, he does look good. I still haven't seen the Turtles, because I needed to know the answer to this first. Okay. I also appreciate, though, that he's one of the guys that as soon as he did it, it was like, this is also completely unrealistic. I can only do this because they hired me a nutritionist and a trainer, and they're making me do this Except all day they're long. Not making, oh, yeah, the nutritionist and the trainer are. Yeah. But, like, it's like it became his full-time job, essentially. That's what he did. Like, he was scheduling workouts and eating. Like, that's... Mm-hmm. His whole focus was to get into shape to do this. I like cheesecake too much for that, man. I would only be Well, now he's the cheesecake. I mean... <laughs> Didn't mean to do that and mad at you for doing that. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I fucking would love if I could get someone to pay me to go to the fucking gym. Oh, yeah. I just um, paid to not go to the gym and feel bad about it. But I would have different a different out goal, like a goal in mind in general of just like... Yeah, I wouldn't mind losing a few pounds. I, would, I mean, I want to be healthy. I mean, I don't I'm even not give a shit unhealthy. about that, the weight end of it. I would just love it if I didn't fucking like creak when I stood up off a low couch. Yeah, my point is those kind of go hand in hand. <laughs> As someone who also does the dead when I get up, exactly. Like the, the the weight's not the issue for me. The the, the ability to live my life and not be yeah, okay. Yes, that's what I mean when I talk about yeah. like this is all reminding me that I definitely skipped the gym this morning. <laughs> But who are the Eternals? Okay, so the Eternals were created by Jack Kirby, first appearing in July of 1976. Jack Kirby, the king of comics, he made everything. But these specifically came from two specific... I hate it when I do that. Two specific... Anyways, it came from two specific areas. One, he had created the New Gods when he went over to DC in 1970, but the book was canceled. Now, the idea of the New Gods was... Ragnarok happens, all of the gods die, what happens next? And he came up with the new gods for it. But he wasn't done playing with space gods. And then he read uh, 
I think it's 1968's Eric Von Daniken's Chariot of the Gods, which is a pretty awful book, but was very popular at the time, that was about the ancient astronaut theory. It was one of... It's not the beginning of the ancient astronaut theory, but it is, like, one of the biggest areas of popularizing it in modern day. I did find out that Carl Sagan wrote an article arguing for the ancient astronauts theory, or not, like, not arguing. Putting forth the idea of, like, here's why it could be plausible. Not saying it's happened, just saying theoretically could have. Based off these things, it's not impossible for this to happen, and I'm Carl Sagan, so I'm smart enough that, like, people listen. But also, definitely not like those people over there. Yeah. <laughs> and by that, I mean Eric Von... What's his name? Eric... Eric Von Daniken. Also, as a side note, as I looked this up, apparently Eric Von Daniken and the ancient astronauts and the young Earth creationists, like the ideas that the 6,000 year Earth is 6,000 years old, these people fucking hate each other. I would imagine. And have released various, like, books and debates between each other about how much the other one sucks. And I'm like, wow, that's like... Not even wrong when it comes to debates, because you both are so far in such <laughs> wild directions. It's it's always bad when you have to, like... <laughs> I disagree with you, and I disagree with you, and I have to explain why I disagree with you to explain why I disagree with <laughs> <Yeah>. them. <laughs> I can't just, like, disagree with both of you now. Whatever your religious beliefs are, I'm not going to get in the way of it, but, we're like, we have writing from 6,000 years ago. Anyways... But as much as Kirby was like, this book is some horseshit, he was like, it's great sci-fi, though. Yeah, here's some great <laughs> ideas. And he's not wrong. So he created, admittedly, some of the most forgettable sci-fi that Jack Kirby ever made. There's a reason that the when they announced they were making The Eternals, I was like, I'm going to see a giant spaceman. So I'm into it. But other than that, like, eh, who, who gives a fuck? Neil Gaiman wrote an Eternal story, and I still only vaguely care about it. Vaguely. I love Neil Gaiman. I only vaguely care about it. I care enough that I, like, kept the hardcover I bought of it, but eh, I haven't read it in probably 15 years. So, like, are Celestials related to the Eternals? Yes, and we're about to dive into that right Right meow? Right meow. So the Eternals were first created uh, in, as I said, 1976. They were partly a continuation of some of his ideas, the New Gods, partly Chariot of the Gods, and it was originally supposed to be called, I think, uh... Something of the gods. And they went, no, no, we don't want to get sued. By fucking Eric Von Whatchamacallem. So, the idea is the Celestials are the giant space gods that kind of look like giant space robots. They are big enough that they are significantly taller than Galactus in most versions. Who is already a giant space god in boy shorts. So, mm -hmm. here we are. I mean, big enough that, like, you can live in their head as a city. Yes, Nowhere is such a cool fucking concept. Holy yeah. shit. Yes. Now, actually, the origin of the Celestials themselves were never really explained until, like, the last five years, I think. Uh, for years, it was just... They exist. Big old space gods. The Machine Man left and hung out with them for a while. The Eternals work for them, and they're kind of dickheads. But the basic idea was originally... There's been different incarnations of the universe, but the the first incarnation of the universe, which is all life ever, is one being called the first firmament. First firmament, which is just that. There was no existence outside of that dude. But it got lonely, so it decided to create minions. 
and it created black minions, not like black people, but like just all kind of, I just felt the need to say that as I was saying <laughs> that sentence out loud. Yeah. And then many colored minions. Minions. So, <clears throat> banana minions? Or? No, no, no. Just, well, the many colored ones are the celestials. So just beings. Okay. They were supposed to be companions slash servants, which is huh. why I'm doing minions. Now I need to do a crash, uh, a mashup of, no. uh, of I'm sure it minions with the celestials. I'm but, sure it's already out uh, there. Okay. The black followers just did what they were supposed to do. They were worshipped the first firmament, which was the entire idea. While the Celestials, or what would become the Celestials, are like, what if we just created life everywhere, and more and more life, and then evolved it, and evolved it, until they become their own gods? Which kind of ties into, like, Mormon mythology of, like, you can rule your own planet at the end when I think about it. Well, this whole beginning part is, like, if you have the first firmament and it's creating minions and you have one class that is doing what they're supposed to do and only like hanging out and paying attention to it then that's god creating the angels and then creating man yes no this is very purposely based (laughs) off of this stuff do not get me wrong anyways ends up with centuries long or eons long wars yada 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 a couple different multiverses happen because basically that was the first cosmos we are now in the i believe eighth cosmos And each cosmos is like, starts with the Big Bang. So this has been beyond billions of years. Celestials somehow existed. I've not read this story. I've only read stuff that deals with some of these things. So I don't fully understand that and didn't dive too deep into it. Anyways, the Celestials go around seeding planets with life, with the potential of they will evolve into stuff, will come back in a couple of thousand years, million years, whatever amount of time, and after a certain number of check-ins, if they haven't evolved to our point of acceptance, we're just going to blow the whole goddamn thing up. At some point, about a million years ago, theoretically, the Celestials show up and do experiments on humans, creating basically three species. What will become humans, what becomes um, Homo Eternalis, which is the Eternals, and the Deviants, who are like the Eternals, but ugly and produce in massive numbers. There are a lot of theories of, like, there used to be another another species, and that's what we think of demons, and why we're freaked out by, like, things that are human but are close enough to human. Oh, it's not because monkeys could tear us to shreds? Yeah, I mean, that's the real thing, but, like, yeah, have yeah, you ever yeah. seen the internet, like, creepy stuff of, like, there's a reason we're freaked out by the uncanny valley? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's fucking weird, man. It doesn't have to be, like... It don't look right. Yeah, right? The Eternals are set to guard all life. The Atlanteans, at one point, they fuck up, because the Atlanteans, at one point, basically take over the planet. Not the Atlanteans, the Deviants, which includes the city of Atlantis and the city of... And Lemuria, or Mu, depending on... We're not getting into Lemuria right now. We don't have time for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, those cards aren't going to be revealed this turn. (laughs) Shut up. Celestials come back, sink Lemuria, sink Atlantis, be like, we'll be back in a thousand years, prove that you pr- have the right to exist. That's pretty fucked up. This just comes up and fuck up your shit. Rise again, baby. Yeah, they ah. suck. Mm-hmm. They're bad enough that the various father gods, the all fathers, so like Odin, Zeus, whatever, teamed up to try and just beat them. Partly because, hey, fuck you, and also because they're not very good either. Like if you're if we want another battle of two people who suck, Odin and Odin. Zeus versus Celestials, like oh, Odin's such a dick. Uh, but the Celestials also laid the 
foundation for the metagene, so why humans can get powers in the Marvel Universe. Got it. Interesting. Which was created in an alternate universe story of Earth-X, and then they just fucking were like, that sounds cool, and kept it. And the Eternals themselves are led by a man with a big Amish beard. They all have almost Superman-level powers, flight, supervision. They basically are the white blood cells of the planets. Interesting. And they're also straight-up programmed to take out deviants. They see a deviant... With the exception of Athena, who just fucked at one instead and had a kid, they must kill the Deviant. And will sometimes be, like, basically overtaken by computer programming and wipe stuff out while just repeating excess deviation. They recently had a storyline where they engineered a, a an, an Eternal, engineered a war between the Eternals and the X-Men by convincing the Eternals that mutants, by their nature of being mutants, mutants were actually deviants. They were too deviated from human evolution. That's fucked up. It was weird. It was dark. I guess the 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 only other two kind of interesting things... I mean, there's more interesting things. But one, the Eternals were never supposed to be part of the Marvel Universe. It ends with them revealing themselves to the world, the original series, and people being like, people with superpowers? What's happening here? Which, is, after 15 years of Marvel, was like... <laughs> Really? Wait, 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 but we know that they're super pairs. But there were some unfinished storylines, and Roy Thomas liked them, so he brought them in, and then they just kind of struggled to explain, like, hey, didn't we expose ourselves to all of humankind and, like, promise to lead them to a better tomorrow? No. Nah. We did, but we're not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. We changed our minds. We did expose ourselves, and then they didn't like it. <laughs> One of the characters really exposed themselves in that was a no-go. And then it's a later <laughs> retcon that Thanos is a offshoot of the Eternal Species, which is why he's called the Mad Titan, amongst other things, because the idea is that some Eternals built colonies on the Moon Titan and a few other places, ignoring the fact that it wasn't called Titan until centuries yeah. after they were supposed to do that, but sure, okay. And... That led to the uh, the Eternals of Titan, and I think of there's another one out there, but it doesn't matter. So, Moondragon, the daughter of Drax the Destroyer, was raised by the Eternals on Titan. Thanos is a Titan, which means his creepy brother Star Fox is also mm -hmm. a Titan. Does he do a barrel roll? No, he has the power to activate your pleasure centers of your brain. What's up, dude? <laughs> and it's been pointed out that that's... Creepy? Insanely creepy. Yeah. Um, I feel like we glossed over the one other thing that they always sort of set up with the Eternals, which is um, it's always just kind of vaguely hinted at the fact that they're the basis for a lot of myths and legends, and that's why they have the names that they do, like Icarus. Zarus, I think, one of them. Yeah, there's various things. Makari. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is confusing, though, because it was originally supposed to be that, but then they put them in a world where there's the fucking gods. Yeah. So they had to come up with a, a backstory of during part of a, like, peace negotiation between the Eternals and the gods, they agreed to just, like, show up to the Greeks and do fucked up Greek god stuff. Yeah. So the Greeks would keep believing in the gods without the gods having to leave Mount Olympus because, uh, I don't know if you know this, but Zeus sucks. That... That's a lot of a lot of information to parse. The Eternals. No, I do agree that Zeus sucks, but also <laughs> the rest of that was 
The Eternals is some classic 70s science fiction. If you like that kind of stuff, you'll probably like The Eternals. I read most of the original series, and I enjoyed it. It's just, it has less legs than The New Gods, or pretty much anything else Jack Kirby created. Neither of you seen the movie yet? I've not seen no. the movie. It's fine. Yeah. It's the prettiest Marvel movie. Uh, it looks the cinematography gorgeous like, like is what I've seen. Gorgeous. It kind of fumbles a little bit, the whole introducing a whole new team in one movie and trying to get you to care about them. That's kind of the thing with the Eternals. One, it's very hard to give a crap about any specific Eternal, except for maybe Cersei when she joined the Avengers for like 10 years. And two, every description is, they're dot 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 fine, like you did there. Yeah, it's... It's a weird thing because, like, the movie's greatest strength is that it's not much like any of the other Marvel movies, and its biggest weakness is it's not much like any of the other Marvel movies. It does. It's not relying on the Marvel method to really like stand, like, have a, a that structure. But, but it's it also... feels so apart that it, it. You're like, why? Interesting, because I feel like certain Marvel movies have like still have that Marvel structure. Like, the, what comes to mind immediately for me is Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. because it's like such a such an espionage spy thriller but also hits those marvel beats has like the marvel set pieces um i put guardians in a similar thing like that one is star wars but with the marvel mm-hmm. beats and then also like first avengers uh captain america first avenger i mostly would recommend it because uh barry keoghan's great yeah it's got a good cast and it's really pretty mm-hmm. the cast is out of this world they all kill. Angelina Jolie, so good in that movie. I mean, she's phenomenal. <laughs> she's really See, great. I was going to say she's dot, 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 fine. But I've not seen a lot of her. But usually it's like Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Where I'm like, all right, you're... Okay. I, I have no promises for this movie, but it does Middle everything movie, I want it to do. She still does great in it. All right, I'll yeah. give you that. Hackers is phenomenal. Fucking Maleficent I can go hard in the paint for. I can't say anything on Maleficent 2. I haven't seen it. <laughs> um... But, like, she's a really good actress, I think. But, yeah, my short is I I would recommend watching Eternals. I feel like way too many people slept on it. I feel like she's a good director. (laughs) Chloe Zhao is supposed to be a pretty good director. Well, in order to keep our journey going, we're going to have to drop some ballast. Luckily, Zach is stuffed to the brim with assorted genre facts. This time around, he's so stuffed that we can't keep him from spouting out whatever he wants. So let's find (laughs) out what he blows all over us. I still hate that. Okay, so I'm going to start with this. Two questions that you guys have probably never thought about before. One, who do you think is the first Asian superhero? Let's go with Asian American superhero, probably. But do we or, mean like Kata, first one to come out, or do like like the oldest one in in the timeline? I guess first one to come out. Um, oh, that's a good question. I mean, Kato's a good guess. Now Kato's... you have me double checking my shit here. <laughs> I mean, he's basically a fucking superhero. So like that, the only, the, like, the, unfortunately, the only one that came to mind for me is Sunspot from X Men. But I could be wrong on that. That's definitely way new. Oh, you mean Sunfire? Sunfire. That's right. Sunspot is a South American man. That's. Just, <laughs> I was like, You're not even close to correct there, but uh... I had Sun in the name. Yes. Okay. Oh. I just so all right. One, congratulations, you've beaten me. Yes! Because I, I, he's... The character I'm talking about, about to talk about, is listed as the first Asian-American superhero. This... Kato does predate him 
and I guess it kind of falls under Kato as a, uh, a radio character first for years, so I'm not sure if that's why. Mm. And does Kato have superpowers? No. Does this person no. have superpowers? Arguable. It was very poorly defined. It'll come up. So, all right. Taking out Kato out of the equation, because, <laughs> one, fuck you, Tyler, and two... <laughs> I, I, okay, I will grant that, and let's say first superhero in comics, because definitely comics have not been as bar- big a part of Green Hornet until... Yeah, more recent mm-hmm. years because he can't hold any other medium for long terms anymore. The death of radio was tough on the Green Hornets. All right, but next question: What would you think is the era? Uh, when do you think the first Asian American superhero came out? For reference, the Black Panther came out in, I believe, nineteen sixty-five. I want to say like eighties. I mean, I know that you're giving us that Black Panther fact, but I almost feel like it's going to be throwing us off because you're devious like that right now. (laughs) No, this was already part of the plan. This is not just revenge. I just wanted to place it in context context because we tend to think of like... I'm still going to go earlier and just for the surprise factor, and I'm going to say 50s. 1944. Oh, wow. I was thinking it was going to be, like, real bad, and they weren't refusing to oh, do no. anything. Oh, no, it's still real bad. I was hoping it was in a less real bad way, if they just were just like, we're not going to do an Asian it's... superhero at all, which is better than what they probably did. No, actually, it's somehow oh. more confusing. Wait, wait, wait. What are you thinking of? No, never mind. He wouldn't be Asian-American. Never mind. We're going to tell... The... Okay, tell me who you're... No. <laughs> no, they're not Asian-American. <laughs> he just figured it out. We're going to just... tell you the story of the Green Turtle. The Green Turtle was created by Chinese-American cartoonist Chu F. Ng in 1944 for Blazing Comics. He only had eight appearances in the original day before being recreated about ten years ago by Jean Wen Yang, who created American-born Chinese and wrote um, a bunch of the Avatar The Last Airbender continuation comics. He also wrote... uh, Jean Wen Yang is amazing. He's absolutely fantastic. He did Shang-Chi recently. He did Boxers and Saints, which is the story of the Boxer Rebellion from both sides, from a young Christian converted girl and from a a Boxer Rebellion member. Interesting. Is this also the same um, uh, American-born Chinese that just got turned into a Disney Plus show? Uh... I've not seen the show. From what I can or tell, the connection on... is a little tenuous, but yes. In the same... It's, it's also the same the, license, probably. Yes. It's also the first comic book to win, I believe, the National Book Awards or something like mm-hmm. that. Like, usually something people are like, this is for literature. Oh, fuck, that's really good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, American-born Chinese is one of the best comics of the 21st century. And I, I've heard the show is very good from the two people I've talked to about it. But anyways, Green Turtle. The Green Turtle was a uh, aided the Chinese in guerrilla warfare against the Japanese invaders of World War II. Now, getting that name right, Chu F. Hing definitively wanted to make him Asian American. The editors said no. So we end up with this fucking bizarre battle between the two of them because he just started making him Asian American anyways, and the stuff they would do to keep it to like battle over the rights. So he drew him explicitly as like Asian American as he could, but to make him look less Asian American or Asian, they made him pink. But they went too far in to like to make him pink like white, and they just he's like pink, vibrant, pink? glowing pink. <laughs> what the fuck? So in response, because uh, to make it more confusing, you almost never see 
his face. You always, the camera is always hanging out behind the green turtle. So they, so he could, uh, he didn't have to draw white people facial features on this character. That's so it was this ongoing battle between this Chinese American man who just wants to create a story about like an Asian person fighting the oppressors in Japan or uh, uh, of the Japanese in China because I don't know if you know World War II history but China was not treated well by Japan during that time it's dark I don't know enough about it but uh, I know that it was dark um it's referred to as the rape of Nanking yikes not going deeper into that but just that part of the reason they didn't want to do this was it, the the whole fashion du jour of the era was the yellow peril. If you were portraying a uh, Asian character, they were you know the evil Japanese, and it was all horrifically racist. Which is what he was attempting to counter by like, look, here's a here's a guy. Look at this guy who's not a racist caricature and just a good guy. Now he wore a. This is not as wild in the era as it is now, but his costume was green boxers, green gloves and boots. A huge cape that had, like, a collar and a huge fucking turtle on it and a mask. <laughs> and then inexplicably, there was this dark blob behind it that would short f form the shape of a turtle with, like, a little turtle face and stuff that's never explained in the original comics. It just is there. Tyler's showing some of the photos of the covers of it. They're and incredible. And then he does get a uh, partner, the Burma Boy... Who is actually, I believe, allowed to be Asian. What? What is he? Burma boy? Burma boy? What is that? He's just a tinier version with a shirt. I actually don't know much about Burma boy. I don't know enough about turtles to know <laughs> if this is a turtle either. I think it's a, a Chinese thing. Okay. Burma Boy was a young beggar whom the Green Turtle rescued from execution by the Japanese army. Uh, they also had a manservant named One Two. Now, the Green Turtle's secret identity was never revealed, and you never see the character's face without a mask, until the reboot that came out in 2014, called The Shadow Hero. Which, I already said Gene Lin Yang's American Born Chinese is one of the best books of the 21st century, so is this. If there's a top 50 of the 21st century books, he's got at least two of them in there. Interesting. Now, in that one, he is a young Chinese-American immigrant whose mom is saved by a superhero and because she is a very well-meaning but very intense fresh immigrant who's trying to get her son to one be very important and very famous and two very integrated into american culture decides to turn him into a superhero so she makes him the costume and he starts wearing it to make her happy but she also keeps doing things like dousing him in chemicals in the hopes of giving him superpowers, which is the closest that ever happens is when it rains, he turns bright pink. Which is how they explain that. <laughs> and, then they, and then they eventually explain that the uh, That's great. creepy shadow turtle thing is actually a spirit that allies with Hank Chu to like be his, I don't know, guide. And so he's just, got, spirit. he's just got a shadow turtle mm -hmm. hanging out being like, what watch out for her. She's trying to stab you. And he's like, thanks. He thanks, has turtle buddy. power? Nope. No, no. Turtle power. Yeah, I know what you're going for. He don't have that. Damn. He just... Even though his mom doused him with the ooze. Yeah. He just turns pink. <laughs> <laughs> but only when it rains. Only when he gets wet. 
That's fantastic. That's that's great. I had never heard of this character before, and then I picked it up because Gene Lin Yang. I was like, fuck yeah, I'll read anything he writes. And there's this amazing article, er, uh, uh, not article, but like paper in the back with, here's the history of the Green Turtle, here's some on the creator, and like, I had, I did not know there were Asian American comic creators. Which is kind of embarrassing to say out loud, like, at least back in the day. Uh, and I will say, in the last... 10 years, there's been a lot of push to actually give proper credit to not just the white boys. Mm -hmm. The Golden Age gets a lot of credit, actually, for, like, a bunch of Jewish kids, basically, created comics as we know them. But there is a, a great book that I need to pick up called Men of Mystery that is all about mostly black, but I believe people of color, of various uh, comic creators across the Golden Age. And there is... I have it, but I can't think of the name, a book about women that worked in the industry back in the day. Because there was a lot more of them than we like to talk about. Cool. Dope. Well, that's it for today, folks. We're taking off. But before we go, we'd like to remind you to hit subscribe and check out all of our sister shows at earverm.com. That is E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. Other ways to get in touch with and follow us will be in the show notes. And as always, we want to give a special thanks to our editors, Stephen Gady and Ian Ford, for our theme song tracks. Until next time, I'm Tyler. I'm Zach. Up, up, and away.